The second round is in full swing and the action increases from game to game. This is where the contenders are separated from the pretenders. To give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes. That's up to $10,000 in total prizes up for grabs each day. The best part? It's free-to-play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hey everyone, welcome to the Bolts broadcast. My name is Mike Mitchelson, Chase Crawshaw with me today. Hey buddy pal, how you doing today? How's the weekend been? Yeah, it's, it's been, it's been okay. You know, haven't, didn't really do too much. Family came over yesterday, so that was good. But other than that, just kind of chilling. Uh, how about you? Mike's not in town, so it's pretty uneventful. I get mm-hmm. that. Mike yeah. is the life of the party. I can say that for a fact. Um, I, I'm pretty good. I'm actually really tired because, uh, as you know, I went up to Mackinac Island with some peeps uh, in the friend group and... I'm going to be honest, I didn't expect the level of activity that I got as back-to-back days, we walked over 16,000 steps. It accumulated to up around like seven, eight miles a day, uh, two days back-to-back. Didn't expect that, I'll be honest. And one other thing that I didn't expect, when we entered the hotel room, uh, four guys in a room, so two to each bed because there's two beds. Uh, I didn't expect it to be a full-size bed, not a queen. Oh, no. So Johnny and I were a little bit <laughs> a little bit squeezed together, and it, it was such a tight fit that my outside arm was always off the bed. Like, it was it was something, I'll tell you that. Yeah, that sounds brutal. Wow, that, yeah, I, I would not have been part of that. that I, I'd honestly rather sleep on the floor than share a small bed with somebody. I, I didn't expect it, I'll be honest, because we were in Mackinac City for one night and it was queen size bed. And I think that hotel was around like, I think a little less than 100 for everyone. Um, and then the hotel on Mackinac Island was around, I think, like 300 for everyone. So, you know, higher class, higher prices, expecting something nice. And we get a smaller bed, a smaller AC unit, a smaller everything but overall it was a pretty good time uh played some glow in the dark uh golf at like 11 p.m last night um 
did some swimming and had some good food. But overall, it was a solid trip, relaxing trip. However, I am excited to actually like do some true relaxing because eight miles a day, not necessarily my my take on relaxing. Yeah, I feel that. All right, Chase. Well, on the Bolts broadcast today, we're going to be talking about the playoffs and what it looks like right now in the third round. Uh, Our Tampa Bay Lightning just came off of their first game against the New York Islanders. Uh, Then I have a big question to pose to you uh, after the commercial break about goaltending overall in the NHL, in the whole league. Uh, Also going to be talking about one of the top prospects in this upcoming draft class. But first, I, I kind of just need to get some hate off of my chest. And I'm I'm sorry for all the Chase fans out there, probably 99% of you. Uh, you want to hear Chase talk more, but the 1%, Fair. you're going to hear my lovely voice for a little bit longer. Um, I hate the Islanders. Um, and I, it's, it's really not like a, a deep, like organizational thing, but just over the last year, maybe two years, just for some reason, every time I see them, it just irks me. And I was always a huge hater of the Bruins and the Flyers, but the Islanders, they have overtaken that for me. And it, it's just on another level. And I, I'm saying this now, it is not a Tampa thing. I can tell you that 100%. Don't think I'm a salty Tampa fan because they lost game one to the Islanders. That's not the case whatsoever. Uh, I've, I I've said earlier, it's been over like the past year, two years. Um, you know, I went for Pittsburgh over the Islanders in round one. You saw that I went in Boston over the Islanders in round two. I've always been going against the Islanders. So don't don't try to skew this as a salty Tampa fan because that's not what this is. I just have such a rage towards this Islanders team. I don't know if it's because of the way they play, that boring Barry Trotz style of play. I don't know if it's the fans, because let's be honest, New York fans, whether you're a Yankees fan, a Mets fan, an Isles fan, a Rangers fan, or any other New York team, you're kind of obnoxious. I'm not going to lie. And then on top of that, you've got a tremendous talent in Matt Barzal and he has an, a, a phenomenal rookie season, yet you can't utilize him to his maximum potential. Something about this team really irks me. I needed to get that off my chest because it, it's really been killing me. And I, and I had to put in there that they are now my most, uh, or I say, I'll say least favorite team in the NHL, even over the Bruins and the Flyers. Well, something that I think plays into it, because I don't like, I never really like the Islanders either. Something that plays into it is I don't like their logo. I don't like their jerseys. I don't like their colors. I, I just think none of it actually like works together. So I, I just, watching them play, I, I don't like. Uh, they play a very boring game, of course. You know, it, it's a winning game. I mean, they're in the third round of the playoffs for a reason, but it's not something that's exciting. Sure, they've had a little more scoring here in the playoffs, but in general, it, it's, it's a pretty... Uh, you know, slow pace of play, boring kind of game. So I, I get where you're coming from. I mean, I can't, I don't feel this deep rage like you do, but oh, I, bad. I, I, I definitely <laughs> like understand it. It's definitely not a team that I, I will ever actively cheer for. I can't. The only time I think I'd really ever like, cheer for them is if there's a situation where like, oh, if you beat Florida, then we get first place in the division or some, some like some shit like that. Yeah, then I'll, I'll cheer for them. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be on their side. 
And you make a good point with the jerseys. I think the only jersey I like of theirs is those uh, all blacks, like the black and white jerseys that like every team in that, you know, secondary New York market slash Brooklyn market has pulled off. Um, I think those are decent, but I think it also comes down to the players. Never been an Anders Lee fan, never been a Casey Zizekas fan. Brock Nelson, J.G. Pajot, uh, don't get me started. Like, none of these guys, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I love them. They're great players. They're 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 so cool to watch. No, I, I don't like any of them. And I, I think that um, who's the coach of Boston again? Bruce Cassidy. Bruce Cassidy. He came out in an interview. I think it was at the end of game five. He said that this New York team, they do a good job of pretending they're the good guys pretending that they're clean, but really they're doing just as just as many penalties as the Bruins were. They just weren't getting caught. They weren't getting called. And I I, I am 100% on board with that. And if you think that's crazy that a Tampa podcast host is agreeing with a Boston Bruins coach, you're damn right. That is crazy because these Islanders have, have split me that far that I'm going to agree with Bruce Cassidy these guys aren't the good guys. These guys are doing just as shitty stuff as every other team in the league, but somehow they're getting away with it. And I, I'm sick of these Islanders. Yeah, you've definitely got a lot of pent up rage in there. Uh, <laughs> I mean, good good for you for being able to air it out. I, I I can back up some of those sentiments, but for them, like you know, generally, uh, yeah, I, I don't feel that towards the anger or like that. I don't feel that much anger, I should say. So I can't support you too much here, I guess. Also, I might be a little bit talkative on this show. It's been a while since I've been able to talk hockey. Um, I think the last time was, when did we record last? Tuesday or Wednesday? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, over on Mackinac Island, uh, we're able to talk football, but most of the guys there don't know much about hockey. So just had to get all that off my chest. Um, We can hop over to game one. That was today. It's Sunday night right now. Uh, That game was at 3 p.m. earlier today. Um, and it went towards the Islanders and congrats to them. But as you know, I'm not a big fan of them. And again, it's not because of this one game. I'm still extremely confident that the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to take this series. Um, unfortunate loss. And I know Chase, you had some frustrations towards the end of the game because for some reason our stars couldn't hit the net. Yeah. First of all, I want to start off by saying this is a game that the Islanders wholeheartedly deserve to win. Tampa just, they did not have it for most of this game. For whatever reason, just something was missing. So the Isles deserve this, fair enough. Um, but when, when you're at the end of the game there, you know, you get one in the net finally, 2-1 game, less than a minute left, time's running down. And then you, uh, there's there goes that icing. And then you finally get this, you know, this last 30 seconds or so where you're in the zone the whole time and you consistently have the puck, but you can't hit the fucking net. They miss the net on every single shot. Kucherov, Stamkos, Hedman, they're, they're superstars. These world class best, some of the best players in the league are shooting this puck and they can't hit the net. It's it, it just, it's inexcusable when you're, when you're coming down to it. And I really want to talk about Stamkos too, because like watching him today, holy hell, what a shit game! What a horrible turnover! Horrible, horrible, horrible turnover on that first goal. You, you just throw the puck in the corner. Why do you throw it to the center of the ice then going for a slow change and then giving Matt Barzal a breakaway at the end of the day? Like you, you can't you can't let that type of shit happen. When you got the puck, you know your, your back door. Uh, just you have a wide open. I don't remember exactly at what point this was, but there was at one point he had a wide open net. I think it was on the power play. And instead of just easily just taking the one timer, he collected the puck, took a second, then took a kind of, 
you know, half-assed, lazy, almost type of shot, and then just the scoring chance was eliminated. He played an absolutely terrible game. He he got benched for a good chunk of the second period, and it was very well-deserved. Uh, he, he's got to wake the fuck up. He, he's the captain of the team. He's a superstar. All the superstars, they, they just, they got to, they got to find it in them because the role players, the depth players, you know, I thought they did a good job. They were, they were doing what they had to do, grinding down, playing physical, but this team really needs to just step it up. And unfortunately, that's going to lead me back to our conversation we had, geez, what is it now, two, three months ago, where we talked about going into the future with this Tampa team. If Stamkos keeps getting injured or uh, the play is lacking or anything like that, we might have to move on from the captain so we can retain guys like Braden Point and others. So uh, if we continue to see this type of play, how soon could he be gone? I'm not against moving him this offseason at all. I don't care uh, if Tampa Bay fans are going to get mad at me. Like, it, it is what it is. It sucks. You know, this guy's our captain, and I'm a huge Stamkos fan. Don't get me wrong. But there's reasons to be critical of him. I mean, he, he takes up a decent chunk of the salary. It's um it's it's deserved money, don't get me wrong, but still a decent chunk of the salary when you've got some players that need to get paid. Uh, he, he's kind of keeps getting hurt. He had a good regular season this year, but there's times where he just doesn't show up. And, you know, if he's not in his goal-scoring groove, he's sometimes an irrelevant player out there, again, in terms of actually producing on the ice. So if you can get a legitimate return for him, then you got to pull the trigger on him this summer. Uh, there's just It's going to be crushing if this team loses five or six pieces because it's going to immediately pull them out of championship contending status. Whereas you lose Stamkos, uh, it, obviously it's going to suck, but there's a couple, you know, guys that are, playing you know those second third fourth line roles that are able to kind of absorb that role maybe you can you know use a draft pick on somebody and someone pans out well this team's done pretty well drafting that there's realistic ways to replace them um i just it's gonna be a hard move to do it'll be a very unpopular move but i'm not against it and for those that may be upset by the uh, that idea uh that chase brings up i just gotta say we don't want to be the red wings we don't want to be what looks like the penguins are going to be doing we want to make sure that we can get return on our valuable pieces before they become less valuable and even invaluable. So if Stamkos' time is coming towards an end for Tampa, we should get as much value as we can for him. Because if not, who knows? We could be going down that Red Wing route where Zetterberg, Datsuk, they retire, Johan Franzen, huge contracts continue to be on the books. There's no draft picks in our system because, oh yeah, we're trying to still build around the team, all of that kind of stuff. So I, I think that if it is time for Stamkos to go, then get the most value for him. I think that would be the best. However, I still have faith in Stamkos and I am hoping that he can definitely pick up his pace in these next coming games. Uh, I predicted on Twitter that this series would go five games with Tampa taking it. Down 1-0, it's time to sweep them. It's it's not a big deal. Here on out, just get a sweep. I mean, I'd be happy with that. And, you know, I, I just want to reiterate this point. I don't want Stamkos to go, but, you know, I'm someone, I, I look at this a lot more from the team aspect than the fan aspect. I want to do what is the like best for the team, and it, it, it might be that move. So if he's got to go, he's got to go. If not, Tampa will happily keep him around. He'll continue being the captain. He'll continue being a, a very good hockey player. Uh, you know, we'd love to win a championship this year, and there's still realistic possibilities of contending down the road too, especially with the core that you have. But it just it would just really hurt to lose too much of that core. And Vasilevsky, he played another phenomenal game. He's been really on point since this second round and onwards. Um, Chase, going into game two, 
What do you think is the biggest aspect we need to improve on? Is it that offensive zone pressure? Is it just being able to get into the offensive zone, transitioning from defense to offense? What is it overall that you think this Tampa team needs to improve on going into game two against the Islanders? I mean, I'd say it's offensive efficiency, really, at the end of the day. You get 31 shots on that. You know, that's kind of standard nowadays in the NHL. But at the same time, it's standard nowadays in the NHL to have, you know, a five, six total goal game going on, sometimes even seven. So you're getting 31 shots. You got to find ways to put more of those in the net. You know, we've seen this team many times, like I've talked about all season long. You know, they, they win this game six to one and they only put up 25 shots because they they know how to score. They know how to get in these right lanes. And it's just about doing that. It's about really having a little more pep in your step and, uh, you know, like finding more legitimate scoring chances instead of just firing the puck. You know, no shot's a bad shot, but there are better shots than others. So, you know, getting to the efficient areas, uh, having a, yeah, a, little, it's a little more mustard. And I think this team should be perfectly fine going forward. Awesome. Well, we'll see what the Tampa Bay Lightning can do in game two against the New York Islanders. Very excited to see them take four straight wins. Yes, that is my prediction. Uh, I I guessed five. Uh, Chase, we never got a full prediction from you. I don't know if you made one on Twitter, but if you had to predict how many games this series goes with a victor, what are you looking at? I didn't tweet out anything, but my whole thought the whole time once the uh, matchups were determined was both series are going six games. So I got Tampa six and I got Vegas six. Sounds good. I I think most people have Tampa and Vegas in the finals, so we'll see what happens. I will proclaim right now, if the Islanders face the Montreal Canadiens in the Stanley Cup finals, I will not be watching. This Bolts broadcast show, Chase can recap uh, the Stanley Cup finals, whatever. Uh, I, I will not be on for that part. I'll come later with the drinks or something because, no, I I am sick of these underdog story when the, these teams, they're not underdogs for me. They're, they're gross. Get them out, dude. I don't want them. Get them out. They play ugly. Get them out. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, just just to kind of reiterate that point, I made a joke bracket when the playoffs started and my final was Montreal and New York, uh, the New York Islanders, and with a goal total of 17 goals in the series. So if that were to actually happen, I, I think I would puke. Absolutely. Well, Chase, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. On the other side of the commercial break, going to be taking a, a little bit of a, a deeper look at the Montreal Vegas series, then a steamy question about goalies around the NHL and an update on some young players coming into this draft. Hey, hockey fans, I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. We host the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. We're lifelong hockey fans who talk about the game and the lifestyle. Our guests include professional hockey players. My rookie party had to wear Speedo, and then we had a checklist of stuff we had to do. Here we go, Gaber. What do you got to say? And it's kind of like, <laughs> you know better than that now, boys. I got dressed for the Bruins. You get a phone call. He's like, dude, we need you over here by the elevator. You got to get downstairs. You got to get dressed right now. Started playing the like. And I turned it around and it had the Olympic rings and said, we did it. NHL team hockey reporters. I actually took the Stanley Cup to this ice bar where they've got now girls around them and I've got a fur coat on. (laughs) I wonder who who he should have checked over here. And then (laughs) I looked down at my feet. Hockey fans. The entire bar was lined with guys in Kings jerseys. We quickly realized, oh my gosh, this is the dad's trip. And we bring unique hockey stories to light. Coming back to England, 24 right. 24- 
sports in the entire country. That's where the problem starts with the sport of ice hockey here. Canadian Blind Hockey Association, those few kids we interviewed, their whole week is built around Sunday at the rink. They're just hockey players. We don't agree on everything. Pineapple goes on pizza. <gasps> no, it does not. I think it does. But we do agree that there are many people and places that build the house of hockey. New episodes every Tuesday. Come on in to the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. All right, Chase, we are back. And uh, before we move on to my hot question, going to be taking a quick look at that Vegas Montreal series. Um, you guys know who we predicted. Chase said before the break, he was predicting Vegas in six. I said, get Montreal out. They're gross. Um, I predicted Vegas in five. Uh, I put out on Twitter that I think both Tampa and Vegas take it in five. Um, so excited to see what happens there. And Chase, in this series, we've got two hot goaltenders with Marc-Andre Fleury and Carey Price. Uh, what are your thoughts? Is one playing better than the other right now in the playoffs? Um, what's going to be the reason or what's going to be the break in the dam that opens the floodgates for one of these teams? Yeah, I mean, they're both playing fantastic. I'd say Fleury's probably the best goal in the playoffs right now, just in terms of how hot he's been. He's been really good. Um, you know, he had maybe a, his career best year, honestly, this season, and he's continuing into the playoffs. He, he's had a fantastic season. Carey Price is playing great as well. Shea Weber's kind of back to his old self. He's playing fantastic. So, you know, in terms of, like, defensive support and, and like, Montreal, they, they definitely got it. But Vegas, I think Leonard's just currently the better goalie than Carey Price right now is a little bit hotter, and it's a better team all around, too. Uh, I think game one is going to go to Montreal, though. I uh, don't know why I have that feeling. That's just what, what kind of what I thought. And then Vegas jumps it out, makes it 2-1. Uh, to one. They win the next two. Montreal wins game four, and then Vegas wins out. That's kind of the thought I, I, I had. I think Montreal is going to make it closer than some people might think they might but at the same time they're also this far in the playoffs for a reason because they just keep finding ways to win somehow uh so it, this could be an interesting series it could end up you know being exactly as we expect vegas moves on kind of quickly or montreal who who knows maybe they pull off some shit again i don't know i just hope not and if montreal hops out to a game one one nothing lead that'd be eight straight victories for this montreal canadians team and once the train gets rolling, it's hard to stop. We saw that with the St. Louis Blues two years ago. I'm hoping that's not the case. And there's been a narrative around the NHL playoffs and specifically this side of the bracket for quite some time. And that narrative is that whichever Canadian team gets out of the Canadian division, they're going to get spanked by whoever comes out of the West. And we have that matchup now, Vegas versus Montreal. What do you think about the narrative overall? Do you think that uh, we need to settle it down just a little bit because of how hot Montreal's been doing? Or do you think that's still kind of going to be the case? I would temper expectations a little bit just a bit, but I still think that it's going to be like a clear Vegas win at the end of the day. You know, Montreal's going to pull out two wins, but they're going to be close games, whereas Vegas is going to win those other games uh, like a little more handedly. Uh, so Montreal is not going to go down without a fight. Uh, so, you know, temper expectations and from saying they're going to get absolutely blown out. But it's also like not going to be, you know, like a Montreal one. I really don't think it's going to be. I sure hope so. And I think the only players I'm rooting for whatsoever on this Montreal team is Cole Caulfield, of course. Uh, give me some Nick Suzuki love as well. 
And then Alexander Romanov, I don't know if he's in the starting lineup or if he's taxi squad or what. Um, maybe you can update me on that. But love Alexander Romanov as well. I don't even know. I, I've watched very little of those Canadian series. You know, I've watched like some here and there, but like they just it just didn't really like. I don't know. I didn't really like garner my attention enough. I guess I, I don't know. Just the teams are always seemed kind of underwhelming, and I, I didn't really want to watch too much. But from what I can see, Romanov has played in one playoff game, so who knows? Okay, and yeah, that's not a huge surprise, Chase. I think that most people listening, unless they're in a Canadian market, probably agrees they haven't really been paying attention to the Canadian series, but rather the series from the West and the East and. Uh, all around the United States rather than in Canada. But that's going to do it for our quick look at the other matchup in the NHL playoffs. But Chase, now I have a burning question for you about goaltenders and the whole goalie situation in the NHL. A couple years back, you and I were talking and you said you don't know if goalies will be first round picks anymore. It seems like goalies are coming out in the second, the third round. Recently, we've had some really, really good generational level goaltenders like Askarov and Spencer Knight. They went in the first round. However, outside of those guys, there really hasn't been too many first round goalies since then. Does it change here and now? And I say that because Marc-Andre Fleury, first overall pick, Carey Price, fifth overall pick, Andre Vasilevsky, 19th overall pick, and Simeon Varlamov, 23rd overall pick. For those of you unaware, those are the four remaining goaltenders in the NHL playoffs right now. Well, I mean, it also like it helps that this year there's two very good goalies that deservingly just like they deserve to go in the first round. Um, you know, my point was like, especially when I made that point, like over the last few years, um, Leading up to like the Spencer Knight draft on as in 2019, there really was not just a great crop of young goalies. It, it, it's there's zero point of reaching out a player in in the NHL. Um, it's always just best available. You know, in the NFL, you yeah positional needs that are like they need to be addressed right away because those guys play right away. So sure enough, you know you get if you got to reach on a guy, you got to reach on a guy. But in the NHL, it's not like that. It's just you got to get best available, and usually goalies aren't best available. They're more often than not long term projects. Uh, when you're spending a first round pick on a player, you kind of need that quick return because as a GM, if you spend, you know, a say you spend a 12th overall pick on a guy, uh, if it's a forward, it might take him two to three years to get to the NHL. If it's a defenseman, it might take him three to four. Like that's at the absolute max and a goalie in that spot. They might take five, six years still. And you don't have that long of a leash as a GM. Your first round pick's got a hit. So that's kind of why teams are like would, would be avoiding that spot. But the goalies recently, they've just been too good. They, they, they very well deserve to go in the first round. Uh, there's, there's two that deserve to go in the first round this season, and I think they're going to this draft. And down the road, I mean, with development getting better, and I think we're finding a new crop of just incredibly young talent. We're seeing at the top of these drafts, and there's just guys keep being classified as generational players. You know, at some point, you got to run out of generational players, but these talents are just seemingly better and better every season, so it's hard not to say. And I think goalies kind of doing the same thing, too. So if goalies continue to train better and they can develop younger, then we're definitely going to start seeing this trend of more goalies in the first round. Absolutely. And I am hoping for that. And like you said, we've got two great young goaltenders coming out this year. Guys that are elite, borderline, franchise-level goaltenders. Um, now, I guess one thing I, I want to ask is if you're looking at a guy kind of like a 
Igor Shosturkin or an Ilya Samsonov, a guy who's a starting level goalie or even a Thatcher Demko. Guys who are starting level goaltenders and might be able to hit like an elite ceiling, but not sure yet. These guys that aren't these generational prospects like Knight, like Askarov, like Wallstedt possibly could be. Are those guys worth first round picks? Are those guys worth maybe back of the first round, kind of like where Vasilevsky and Varlamov went? You know, back of the first round, it's more likely that they would be because uh, you, you've got either a bad team making their second pick at that point, or you have a good team who can, they can have a little more time to develop guys. So if you take a, guy, a goalie in that, you know, 20 to now going to be 32 range, you're a playoff team. So odds are you're going to kind of, you know, hover in that area for at least a couple seasons. So you might be able to get away with, with holding on to them. But um, to get like a uh, just you know, if, if you want to like do like like league like rankings for like starting goaltenders to get a guy who's in like that nine to fifteen range in terms of starting goalies, that's not really a, a first round pick. You know, you you think you think of first round picks, you think these are going to be you know top six forwards, top two or three defensemen are starting goalie. Think of second, third round picks; those guys start filling out your middle six. You know, your defenseman numbers three through five. You, you know, and then borderline starter back goalie. You, you when you kind of think of it that way. Uh, so if you just only are getting a solid goalie at the end of the first round, it, it's probably not worth it. You're probably missing out or there's a good chance you're missing out, I should say, on a better player. OK, I, I'm hoping that the narrative changes a little bit. I'll be honest, because um, goalie over the past couple of years outside of those generational type of talents, um, they see it like their draft stock have seemed to be similar to that of running backs in the NFL, where teams are like, you know, he's, he's a good player. But we can get them later on because it's not a position that gets drafted super highly. Uh, I don't see that ever changing with uh, the NFL, especially with how good late round running backs have been. But with goaltending, I'm hoping that is the case because goaltending has really stolen the show this playoffs. And I, I would just love to see, you know, three, maybe four goalies go in the first round because it is a very important position in the NHL. And if you don't have a good goalie, you're probably not making it far. Yeah, you know, that, that's very fair. Uh, you definitely need a good goaltender to be able to do some damage uh, or at least have a hot goaltender. And you got to be at least a certain level of talent to be able to get hot. Um, and, you know, another point that I, I want to bring up before we move on, um, you know, another thing with these goalies, a lot of reasons that they go later on in the draft. They're they're kind of hard to scout. It's the hardest thing to scout in hockey. Then the next is a defensive defenseman because that's such a hard impact to kind of judge. But for whatever reason, scouts are pretty bad at, at judging goalies. I, I think I'm, I'm at least decent at it, but I know there's a lot of current NHL scouts, a lot of guys who have an older way of thinking, and they just, for whatever reason, they don't identify these things in goalies. You know, Dustin Wolf is a great example. This kid dominated the WHL, had like a 169 goals against and a 930 save percentage. When the one in the seventh round is an 18-year-old, I, 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 don't, <laughs> I don't understand what else you got to do. He's literally dominating, and he's looking like one of the best goalie prospects out there right now. He was on Team USA at the U20s. He's a tremendous goalie, uh, but it just really seems like scouts just they, they've had, had trouble for the last few years, you know, identifying young goalie talent. And if that is going to continue to be the case, then, yeah, they're going to keep continuing to go late because they're going to be lower on everybody's draft boards. But as you know, the scouting departments get younger, as new ways of thinking come in, we might see that start to change. Scouts are still looking for the stand up goalies with the scary mask. Or, or, yeah. 
with no mask. That's what they're looking for out of their goalies. They want that grit. But uh, some good points made there, Chase. I think that we should try to make this into a poll. I'm not sure how we would word it, how the options would work out, but something along the lines of, do you see the uh, impact or, or do you see the draft strategy around goalies changing in the next coming years because of this playoffs or or something like that. We'll figure it out. We'll put a poll out there for you guys. So make sure to go check that out. But Chase will now move on to talk about Owen Power, one of the top prospects in this upcoming draft. Uh, A lot of people are presuming he will be the number one overall pick. He's looking like he might be going back to college. Yeah. So we said this on NHL Network the other day. Um, I think this is kind of just like recency bias or, you know, like, like player speak, whatever the hell you want to word it as, you know, there was that points in the football season where we saw Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields say, yeah, you know, I, you know, I enjoy it here. I would love to return back for another season. You know, that, that, that type of stuff when it's like, okay, no, yeah, that's not happening. You're not returning to college. And I think Owen Power is the same deal. He's going to go first overall. He's going to get offered, you know, this nine twenty five a year salary, these performance bonuses that can make him almost $3 million a season. And he's not gonna be able to turn that down. He's going to be ready to go. Uh, he's good enough to play in the NHL right now, I would say. So he'll show up to camp in Buffalo, and he'll be ready to, you know, to be one of those guys for him. And there, there it is. I, I don't think this will be the season that we don't see a first overall pick for the first time in, in 20 years or whatever the hell it's been. Just it just doesn't seem very likely to me. Any chance he's doing this to avoid Buffalo? And while I say that, I'll bring up the fact that. There has been a wide variety of thoughts on who should be the first overall pick in this year's draft. It seems like more recently, Owen Power has been the guy who's taken a little bit of a lead, but the consensus still isn't 100% Owen Power. Uh, Is this any chance that he's just trying to avoid Buffalo and maybe end up in a place like Seattle or Anaheim? You know, outside looking in, I can't say for sure, but I would very, 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 very safely say that, no, that, that, that's not the case at all. It's just, you know, saying this thing, you don't want to upset your coaches. He's probably still training at Michigan, still working with the coaches, so you don't want to just upset them, even though they kind of have an idea you're already going to the NHL. You might as well say, yeah, I kind of want to keep my options open. So I, I just, I, I don't, like hockey players don't do that. Eric Lindros was a guy who did that. That's really about it. I, you know, Lemieux. At the time, he didn't want to sign in Pittsburgh because of a contract dispute, but ended up signing a few days after the draft, and he says he regrets the whole thing, blah, blah, blah. So that, that stuff does not happen in hockey for a certain reason. It's the way these players are kind of brought up. It's the age they come into the league. Uh, you know, every, everything combined, the players don't act that way, and I definitely do not think there's anything like that going on. Give me an ego. Give me a secret video of Owen Power going to his buddies or he's at a party or something. He goes, yeah, I told those Buffalo scouts that I'm coming back to Michigan. I don't want to fucking go to Buffalo. Bring me to Seattle, baby. Give me a video. Give me something. Come on. I want an ego. I want the entertainment. Boost it up. NHL more popular if they're first possible. First overall pick says something like that. I would love it. I'm very, I'm very, 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 very against that because that that's not that <laughs> I that's I would never draft a player like that. There's zero chance in hell. I don't give a shit how good you are. I would not draft a player like that. You know, 2018 Ryan Merkley, that kid, top five talent in the draft, not even debatable, not even debatable, easily top five talent in the class. Falls at the end of the first round, Sharks finally take a shot on him because he's got 
a very, you know, publicized like attitude issues. He got in problems with coaches. And, you know, I watched him throw a, a glove at a ref once when I was working in Saginaw. Like, like the, the fuck are you doing, dude? Like, like grow up. Uh, you know, so shit like that just blows my mind. And, you know, the, we, we saw him fall and, you know, at the end of the first round and true talent, he's probably good enough to play in the NHL right now, but he's still got maturing to do. Uh, so if you saw an attitude or an ego like that in the NHL, the same type of shit would be happening. It's too bad. I want it. I want to see it. I don't care if you don't like it. I like it. And that's all that matters here on the Bolts broadcast. But Chase, two quick announcements before we move on to hockey name of the DA. Hockey name of the DA. Hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Two quick announcements announcements before we move on to hockey name of the day. Uh, One, we've got award winners. Uh, They're going to start being announced on Monday. So that'll be cool. Keep your eyes out for that. And finally, Chase, you think you're a Big J journalist now because you have a blog. Uh, Not going to give you the Big J journalist title. However, definitely a good blog to go check out. I would recommend everyone do that. Uh, Sorry, can't give you the Big J because you haven't gone through the four years of schooling like I had to do because that is more work than just posting one blog. Nah, buddy. It had two comments on it with, within 10 minutes of posting or publishing. Uh, I'm, I'm a big J journalist, so so get out of here. <laughs> well, that's uh, that uh, that's it for the announcements, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I thought I thought Chase was honestly going to try to buff up his blog I mean, post a little bit more. I happily will, but I, I, want, I want people to read it. So it's, it's about six notable prospects within the Tampa Lightning system, three forwards, two defensemen and a goalie. Uh, it's on the Hockey Podcast Network, uh, our personal blog and website. I tweeted out the link from our Twitter account. I can tweet it out again. Um, so make sure to go to Twitter. Uh, when you're hearing this, you'll find the link there. You can go check it out, read it, leave a comment, tell me I'm the greatest thing that's ever existed. We'll be good to go. <laughs> I like how you started it, too. You're like, you know, we're in a playoff run right now. You'd think I'd talk about that. But actually, I want to change the subject. Let's go to the <laughs> prospects. Like how you started that. That's your only sneak peek. Sorry, folks. If you want to learn more, make sure to go check out Chase's blog. But that's going to do it for the show. We're going to move on to Hockey Name of the Day, and we'll end it there. So Chase, scrolling down now. I haven't done one of these in, it seems like forever, but really it's only been like four days. Yeah. Um, okay, we got Georgie Sakian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what the worst thing is? Oh, my gosh. Georgie, Georgie. It's actually pronounced Gregory. <laughs> no, it's not. Yes, it is. I swear. It's, it's Gregory Sakian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where? The, the, the R is after <laughs> the E and the O. That is not Gregory. That's Georgie. I'm, I'm sorry. It's how it's pronounced. Okay, get... Get Sakian's parents on the line right now. Next Bolts broadcast episode, we got to talk to them because they messed up. They messed up. Yeah, I saw this one. I wanted to clarify that it was the case, and it was. I was like, you know, that's fun. Let's, let's throw this in here. So our, our boy, Gregory Sakian, he is a uh, – he was always born in Russia. He represents, like, Germany. Uh, he's played a little bit internationally, but never anything too major. Uh, he currently plays in the German 2 League. He's a 20-year-old. He'll be 21, uh, you know, in October. He's a he's a decent hockey player. No, nothing too incredible, you know. Just about half a point a game in the German two last year. He'll find himself in the top German league, maybe make his way to a higher league down the road. But don't expect him in the NHL anytime soon. You give me another stupid name like that, and hockey name of the day is over. All right, <laughs> is that a challenge? 
<laughs> yeah, it is actually. Let's do it. All right. Well, that's going to be it for the show, Chase. If you could let them know where they can check all our stuff out, including your new blog post, that would be terrific. Absolutely. So as always, we want to thank you guys for listening. If you'd like to check us out on Patreon and support us that way, become a patron, you know, we would appreciate it. You're not supporting just us, but the whole network in general, you get some exclusive content there. So make sure to check that out. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Bolts Broadcast. That is at Bolts Broadcast. Make sure to follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. And while you're at it, go follow WMP on Twitter at WMP Sports Pod. That's WMP Sports Pod. Uh, we'll be starting that one up here again soon. We've been taking a little bit of a break, but it will, we'll be back with some, you know, whatever the hell we decide to talk about there. Uh, of course, you're getting your hockey talk here uh, and within the network as well. So make sure to check out all three of those platforms. Uh, go to the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You can find all the podcasts in the network right there. Boom, click the logo. That's an easy peasy lemon squeezy. You can also, you know, find my blog along with other blogs within the network there. Uh, so make sure to go check out the blogs. Uh, there are definitely some good reads. Uh, wherever you're listening, raise five stars, send us your questions, comments, concerns. Uh, do not forget to use code THPN when you sign up for DraftKings. And yet again, do not forget to check out my most amazingest, bestest blog. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time.